Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 1327, air date September 27th, 2023. Hey, John. You're going to tell us when it's right, when it's okay to start? Okay, anytime you want to start, go ahead. Okay, thanks. Well, welcome to another edition of the Friday Forecast. And today I have a really special guest and big big shout out to my buddy Al for hooking us up here. This is uh, Dr. Shiva, who, uh, in my estimation, based on what I've read directly, indirectly, seen across all these uh, different media platforms, I think is really one of the great minds of our time. And I think he's just getting cranked up here in terms of um, his production and what he's uh, able to bring to the table. Just to give you an example, I want to go to his website quickly and give you a, a kind of a, a bird's eye view of all the books that he's written. Uh, just incredibly prolific. And we have uh, Dr. Shiva, Truth Freedom, The System and Revolution, The Boy Invented Email, and The Seven Secrets of Innovation. We're going to get into uh, the whole email story white paper on mask and oral health um this is all like very comprehensive stuff really eclectic broad wide-ranging and um he he gets into everything from genomics and genetically modified organisms and food to computer systems voting you name it there's a lot on the table today and we're going to try to get to as much of it as possible in the next hour. Also, a, a, a creator of a new supplement, which we'll talk about by the end of the show. So there is a, a kind of a formal, informal introduction. And uh, again, thanks for being here. I, get, well, I guess maybe we should start at the beginning. And I was I was thinking about, our, we had a little bit of a conversation before our show or the, the recording. And uh, you asked me if we were going to talk about astrology. And I said, well, no, not really. I mean, it's just one of the things that I do. But I do know that astrology is really important in Indian and Hindu culture. And a lot of times parents will uh, take their, their kid or their kid's birth time to an astrologer to see what they have to say. Did that happen to you with your parents? Of course. It's a, you know, um, <clears throat> to everyone listening, uh, astrology is a standard part of the Indian way of life. You know, when you're born your nakshatra is recorded. Um, the Indian system involves the use of not only the, the planets, but also the stars, right? right. And not only are you born within a planet configuration, but under a particular star. Right. Uh, yeah, so, so the recording of that is very, very important, you know, that it's done properly. You know, interesting for me, I was born on December 2nd, 1963. And uh, my parents left India exactly on that day, seven years later. So I left India on December 2nd, 1970. I haven't had a chance to analyze that. It'd be interesting to do that. Um, so anyway, yeah, I mean, uh, this is a longer discussion. But yeah, I mean, there's a, you know, my journey, uh, Robert, has really been a systems approach to looking at life. Um, and so that, when you take a systems approach, you can pretty much go into any field, you know, right. so, and I think it's reflects in the fact, you know, I have a degree in art and architecture uh, from the MIT Media Lab all the way to every field of engineering. I have 
uh, degrees in, you know, from MIT in electrical, mechanical, biological. And I've applied independent of MIT, you know, I created the first email system as a high school kid, you know, uh, did AI work as a 14 year old kid. Um, and if you look at the projects I did at MIT, they span from cryogenic research to freezing embryos, <laughs> to doing flow visualization analysis, to do operating system stuff, to scientific visualization. I pretty much done it all, you know? So I can right. go pretty much these days into any problem and pretty much figure out a solution. And more importantly, identify what the problem is. And that's what I do uh, 24 seven, even with my company, you know, every day you're dealing with a new problem and you have to move very quickly to figure out um, what is the underlying root cause? How do you solve it? Um, so when I look at the problems that we face on a global level or on a micro level, um, I'm able to solve these problems. Um, no different than, you know, you can look at someone who plays a piano, uh, can read music, um, can put together a song pretty quickly, right? Um, because I've been doing this my entire life. Um, and solving those problems also includes fighting injustice, which right. is basically fighting evil, in my view, solving the biggest problem. Um, and that's why I find it quite profound that the people who are running for office these days have no idea how to solve problems. Most of them, instead of solving problems, actually create problems. How much of that is intentional? Well, it's all intentional because they create the problem and then they actually have the fake solution for it from which they capitalize on it. So they, and you can, I mean, the, the stock market is one big Ponzi scheme. Right. All of it's manipulated end to end, it's organized crime. So every one of these people who are running for office, except myself, are all organized criminals and they're all part. And I think that's the, you know, I called it the swarm. A friend of mine calls, calls it organized crime. Yep. You know, I was actually being kind in calling it the swarm. But, you know, I think tonight, is tonight the uh, GOP debate? I think, or tomorrow. I think so. It's one or, of the two. Yeah. It's one of the two. But every one of those guys on the, on the debate stage is an organized criminal. Every single one of them. Right. Um, they're all part of the same family. So whenever people, in my view, get, you know, when they say, oh, my God, John Kennedy was assassinated and we, we you know, we're close to figuring out who did it. I think you got to step back. John Kennedy was part of an organized crime family. Absolutely. Either who shoots him or who doesn't shoot him. Uh, just like no one could figure out who shot Sam Giancana or, you know, um, Linsky or, or Jimmy Hoffa. We're never right. going to know. And for that matter, everyday working people should ask themselves, why do we care? These people are all, you know, crime bosses and they're so far removed from ever having to do the basic work and that everyday people do. Um, the amount of effort, the amounts of organized criminal public relations effort that goes into manipulating an individual to have empathy for these people, right? For us to, to give them any compassion when they have no compassion for you at all is the real psychological operation that takes place. Yeah. From, yeah. You know. a, yeah. I mean, I've always um, labeled them crime families. They're all crime families. But you got to put the word organized. Yeah. Because everything they do is organized. It's, it's orchestrated. And nowadays it's become full theater. It's all theater end to end and the yeah. super people realize that um they will 
not they will spit on all of these people and 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 that is where you get to when you realize a level of manipulation that these people do so and it's intended so you don't pursue your own destiny so you don't have dignity for yourself uh, and for other people or hard-working people uh, you know the entire entertainment industry created by hollywood you know and created by the people who created hollywood was done to distract people you know um in the ancient indian texts it's called illusion or maya m-a-y-a right all of these people are essentially part of it uh you could call it evil sat satanic um but they have nothing to do with the lives of everyday people and you kind of had a close-up look at that when you were you were out there right you were involved with fran drescher you were close to her so you had a front row seat at a lot of these uh theatrics yeah in many ways my life is like sort of like forrest gump yeah <laughs> um i've been able to uh bumble into these very interesting universes you know yeah um coming to mit uh two weeks before i applied i didn't even know about mit you know even though i went to a was the number one student um in a predominantly all jewish high school uh no one told me about mit because of the level of jealousy and it was randomly because my mom helped two people, uh, two women who were essentially homeless. One mm -hmm. of their friends told us about it. So MIT itself was a, a world mm -hmm. of the swarm, right? Uh, I went back to India for a brief period in 2007 and was appointed by the prime minister of India to run one of the largest innovation centers. Yeah, I saw that. That was an interesting world. Mm -hmm. And then coming back, uh to teach at mit and then going into hollywood right any of the people that you know i've met in some form and have had a very intimate uh you know association and have understood that but uh what's interesting in my journey is every one of my points i could have sold out and become part of this evil you know right um i you know deepak chopra one of the big you know new age guys had me speak at his events uh, book deals I got with Harvard Collins. I always walked away from all this shit because I had a real disdain and a hatred when you come to understand the nature of that these people are highly, highly duplicitous. Right. Not who they say they are. Yeah. They exist to sucker people like me who have a brain. And take your work, no doubt, right? Or steal your work, steal yeah. your soul in some ways. Um, and guys like me, and they have a very interesting, almost like scouts who scout for people like me and who come bottoms up so they can make me the story of how the system works. You say mm -hmm. it doesn't work. And they want me to betray my class, my group of people that I represent. And that's what they do. So, um, they, and so therefore they actively manufacture these people. And, and you can see that, you know, in the MIT experience, before I came to MIT, I did many things, you know, wrote scientific papers, was a research fellow at a university, created the first email system long before I came to MIT, didn't need MIT's branding. In fact, in many ways, in retrospect, MIT uh, benefited from me a thousand times more than I benefited from them. And when I was at MIT, I won every award, was on the front page of various uh, newspapers that they had and publications of the many, many things I won. But when the truth came out more publicly that I invented email, 
And more importantly, that I would not let go of that fact, even though I never wanted credit, um, I was no longer being their house slave, you know? Right. Um, yeah. I, you know, I, I, I read, uh, I read through some of that commentary in history and <laughs> I think it's really fascinating that you were actually accused of playing race card on, on your claims, right? It's kind of like, oh, well, you know, he's saying that, uh, you know, we appropriate, it, it was all appropriated and, uh, and, 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 you know, he's, uh, you know, playing the role of the victim and they were literally dog whistling race on this whole thing. And I thought to myself, this is not a guy that would do that. Right. I've never played the race card in my life. What's really interesting is the biggest racists are other Indians and the white liberals. Yeah. Okay. Particularly Jewish white liberals. Yeah. Where the theoreticians who are trying to, who claim Jewish white liberals claim they're fighting for the minorities. They head up all these nonprofits from the ACLU. NAACP, they started it. Exactly. So now the problem they have with me is because I'm not willing to be a good fucking minority. I'm not right. willing to be a good Indian. You see, Indians are supposed to shake their heads and take a good fucking beating. That's right. what Indians were trained to do. Like that's what Mohandas K. Gandhi did. And the problem they have is that I've had to fight the Brahmins the injustice my whole life. So I have a huge disdain uh, for the Jewish Brahmins, the Indian Brahmins, all these Brahmins. Right. And these Brahmins want to keep you in their box. As long as I was at MIT winning this award, winning that award, being the brown face, I was fitting their nice box, right? Because they could right. leverage me. Yep. But when this news came out of the facts that I invented email, went into Time Magazine, went into the Smithsonian, this bugs them because email was invented before I came to MIT, before I came into their rubric. It was right. done at a small medical college in a predominantly African-American neighborhood in Newark, New Jersey, by a 14-year-old kid without the need for MIT, without their anointment as being uh, anointed by them. You say? Right. right. Really, they, really they, they can claim. Oh, look what, look what we did with... The fact that they use the word claim shows the nature of their actual white liberal racism. And by right. the way, the real racists are the white liberals and also Indians. The, let me repeat this again. The real white supremacists, it's going to sound contradictory, but it isn't. Once I explain this, are many Indians. I would say out of the one point, whatever, five billion Indians on the planet, 90% of them are white supremacists. Why? Because they have been trained and, and, and in fact, the working class whites who the elites claim are white supremacists are actually not white supremacists. Because when they look at the facts of the mention of email, they say, of course. So the real white supremacists are for the last 300 years, the Indians in India who were brainwashed to think that the British were better than them. Right. And in fact, many of those Indians who, after the British left, ended up running India, abuse the Indians better than the white British did. And so it's, it's a fascinating. So uh, the invention of email by this visage of a brown skinned Indian actually bothers Indians more. This is so fucked up because they've been trained mentally to be white supremacists. Gandhi was a white supremacist. He was an Anglophile. He wanted to suck up to the British all day. And all the people that he engineered to transfer power 
from the British to the brown, quote unquote, Indians who took over, suppressed the Indians much more. Mm -hmm. So Indians will say, oh, no way an Indian could have invented email. Uh, no way. You know, uh, only a white guy is white people can do that. You see what I'm saying? Yep. So they're actually the white supremacists and the white liberals are the white supremacists because they have to contain people in boxes. If right. you are in the South and you have a Southern accent, you must be a redneck who wants to kill black people. If right. you're blonde, you must be dumb. If you are a Chinese person, you must know only know Kung Fu. You see, and they create all the Hollywood stereotypes, yeah. right? And if you're an Indian, you must speak very slow like this and speak, you know, about very spiritual things, you know? Right. And right. you're not going to say fuck off, you know? Right. Yeah. Right? You can't go, oh, my God, wait a minute, this brown-skinned guy just said fuck off. How You know, that's what really bugs them. And they haven't done their own self-reflection to understand that's where the real racism is. Right. The racism is that you in your mind like to put people in boxes. And when the facts... I never even wanted the credit for the invention of email. But when they started the attacks, then I said, yeah, I'm going to take the rightful credit. Right. And when I vociferously attacked back, and that's what they didn't like. A sort of good friend of mine said, he, got, he had a very good observation. He goes, it's not about the invention. You know, the facts are black and white. I mean, there's not, there's not even a gray area. The reality is, why are you fighting back? That's not being a good Indian. Right. That really bothers them, Robert. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I love to call uh, white liberals, Jewish white liberals, these Indians racist because they don't know what the fuck I'm saying, but that's what they really are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of um, the good Indian, um, whose bread is Vivek buttering? He's a scumbag of the first order. He was created because this visage, this brown skinned guy, was going everywhere, half a billion people. So the psychological operation was they found this Brahmin, brown-nosed, big pharma fucking bullshitter. I mean, everything that comes out of his mouth, you know, trying to think he's a rapper, a black rapper, come on. This guy's a fucking bougie of the <laughs> maximum bullshit Brahmin order. So yeah. they have to get him. And a lot of people think he's me. And this was done by design. Right. I could see, I could see that. It's absolutely a psychological operation. And he starts wearing the hat truth. We're truth, freedom, health. Everything is a, you have to understand anyone who gets mainstream media attention is part of the CIA deep state intelligence network. They right. would not ever get access to Fox News or CNN or all these things if they were not anointed, right. if they were not chosen and approved. They have to go through a process where they are approved. Okay. And the and so Vivek the snake, he's a fucking piece of shit. I really would like to get in the boxing rink with him. And that's what he needs because this guy is a disgusting human being. I, I you he's know, I've seen a lot of I've seen a lot of politicians. Yeah. I've never seen somebody be able to flip on a position so quickly and act like they never said what they said. Yeah, he's a scumbag. You know, in India, there's a very interesting slogan. I don't know if you know about the Indian caste system. A little bit. Okay. The Brahmins were beyond abusive to the lower caste. When my mother used to go to the well, they used to throw stuff at her and say she's a pig and chase her away. These people are just abusive fucking people. Okay. Yeah. So in India, a very interesting guy who was against the caste system 
said, if you are crossing, if you're driving or walking and you see a snake pass by or a Brahmin, take a, take a stick and beat the Brahmin first. Okay. <laughs> okay. Good. Because yeah. they know how to think at such levels of scumminess to say one thing and do another. That is a typical notion among the lower caste of who Brahmins are. And he epitomizes that. So if you see a snake, if you walk in the street and you see him or a snake, you know, follow my advice. Right. I, you know, I didn't know a lot about Vivek. I found him really come out for, about, for about five minutes. And then it was like, oh, keep your eye on this guy because he is not what he seems. Yeah, I'm right? sure if you did his astrology, you'd find a lot of stuff, you know, in the underworld, you know? Right. And he's a and he's a Leo, so he feels entitled. Right. Yeah. That's part, you know, if you want to translate Leo into the caste system and Brahmins, Leos would be the Brahmins, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so he has that in there. But um I, I wanted to ask your opinion just real quickly. When they did the debate and they put him front and center, they said that it was based on polls. And I, I don't know how accurate polls are, that he was the leading person in the polls. You have DeSantis to the left, and I think Nikki Haley on the other side. It's like, I really, was it based on polling, or was it based on the fact that you wanted to put him front and center? Well, notice DeSantis and him both went to Harvard and Yale. Right. In an inverse way. One did undergraduate at Harvard and Yale Law School. The other did Yale undergraduate and at Harvard Law School. Okay? Let me just tell you something. When you go to Yale, and people should listen to this very carefully, or Oxford, particularly Oxford or Yale, they create a dossier on you. And people don't understand this. These are some of the oldest institutions on the planet in terms of elite education. You don't get to go into Yale or Oxford unless you're approved by the swarm. All right. So both of these guys are approved. And um, they exist to manipulate people back into the swarm. Right. And anyone, it's like you want to fucking vomit when you see these people acting like they're one of us. And people should stone these people off the stage. And that's where we need to get to. We need to get to that level of enlightenment where they're not, where where they're just thrown off the stage. Because these people, what they're doing, the manipulation they're doing is beyond abusive. It's fucking satanic. You are nowhere near one of us. And yet you're trying to be like one of us and claim you're one of us. And you flip words as you need and you think everyone's fucking stupid. I mean, people should be beyond angry at these people. Yeah. You know, and that is a level of consciousness one needs to get to. I mean, there's a reason when you when I say Christ consciousness, that does not mean you're pussyfooting around. Christ took a whip and he whipped the shit out of these people in the temple and it wasn't the romans he whipped the shit out of he whipped the shit out of his quote-unquote own people because they were bullshitters and i'm sure when he whipped the shit out of them he didn't say please you know leave the temple he probably said get the fuck out of here all right Right. yep so christians need to really start becoming christians to me that is a aspect of christ consciousness you know that is the it is as important as to be compassionate and loving as it is to be important to take a whip and whip the shit out of these people. 
Compassion exhibits itself in various ways. You're showing compassion for the other 8 billion people when you bash the shit out of these people. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely evil, evil motherfuckers. So how did, how did Fran Drescher, who seems to me like she probably comes from a Jewish liberal quasi-elite background, how did she deal with your red pills and black pills? Uh, she tried to co-opt it. Let me explain to you, you know, just like the Brahmins. And I'll give you the, the history of this. It, what's interesting is um, I didn't even know who the fuck she was. I was, remember, the elites have always tried to buy me. I'll give you what happened to me. I had uh, 2000 and, what was it, 2011 and 12. Um, I had come back from India after a Fulbright where I had uh, uncovered many things. I'd gone to India in 2008 after I finished my PhD to do research on integrating Eastern and Western medicine. And I made a major breakthrough, which was to found, which was to discover the foundations of how we're going to shatter the swarm. I found the direct relationship between engineering systems theory and ancient systems of medicine. I put it together. That created a whole new body of knowledge curricula that I taught at MIT called Systems Health. Um, and then uh, people all over the world wanted me to come educate them. A guy called Deepak Chopra, um, who's an Indian guy who, you know, is one of those guys who acts like he's a guru. Do you want to know my nickname for him? What? Deep Pocket Chakra. Deepak what? Deep Pocket Chakra. That's my nickname. Oh, for oh Deep Pocket. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, Deepak had me come because I had made this major discovery and he was never able to actually articulate the foundations of Indian medicine. So at the Chopra Center, which he owned half of, um, they would do these seminars and all the uh, very wealthy women, particularly with disposable income, their husbands basically gave them money to go and go to these spas, would come and take his courses. Uh, he invited me to speak. And, and I was given 15 minutes on a stage and everyone wanted to buy my course. No one wanted to buy his course. 15 minutes right. standing ovation. Right. Him and the Chopra Center got very upset with me. And again, this is my journey. It's always been jealousy, you know, because uh, when the real stuff gets out there, people are like, oh, my God, that's the real guy. This guy's right. been teaching us sort of the half-baked version of it. So people, come, you know, we've been coming to his seminars. We really want to buy your course. No one bought his course that day. So I had to get up on stage and tell people, look, you don't need to be my, buy my course, buy his. That's how bad it got for the Chopra Center that night. All right. Anyway, I got invited subsequent to that to another event called Sages and Scientists, uh, where they invite, you know, a lot of celebrities like Jim Carrey and Ariana Huffington. And, um, and I got a chance to give the talk about the invention of email. And it was a standing ovation, okay? Um, and then after that, I got uh, put on stage with a couple of Nobel Prize scientists and the discussion Deepak led was, how do we advance science? And I was on stage with about nine other people. There's only one woman on there. It's her name, Marsha Blackburn. She's the one who discovered the telomere, you know, thing with aging. And I yeah, said, Deepak, before we start, I just have a serious problem. There's I'm the there's nine men on the stage. There's only one woman, and I say that because my mom came from nothing, and she was a mathematician. I said nothing's going to advance in science until we have more women involved. And I said that because it was just just it didn't make any sense, right? Right. Um, so anyway, when I get off stage, this woman comes running up to me. She goes, "I really liked what you had to say." <laughs> 
And uh, she said, oh, I'm Fran Drescher. And I didn't really know what that was about. But right. she told me that she was involved in some organization to really fight cancer. And that intrigued me because most uh, we had just uh, discovered a combination therapy for pancreatic cancer using this new innovation. I said, oh, that's pretty cool. Um, and then that's when I got to know her. But I hadn't even seen any of her shows at all. Uh, it was only, probably a year and a half later that I even saw one of her shows. Um, but I uh, was uh, excited that someone who actually wanted, who had access to a megaphone, wanted to really educate people on cancer. Well, mm-hmm. in my view, you know, in my opinion, what I saw was not someone who really wanted to solve cancer. That was just a shtick. Okay. Right. And um, the important event for me occurred. Um, we had had a spiritual ceremony to mark our uh, our coming together, and we were going to formalize that into a wedding, you know, to a registered marriage. The night before that, a guy called uh, Sanjay Gupta mm-hmm. right. contacted me because I had just published a series of five interesting articles exposing a genetically engineered food at a systems level, uh, particularly how GMOs, when you genetically engineer food, that they may upregulate um, uh, formaldehyde and down. This is the, this is the soybean work that you soybean, did. Yeah. And I'd done a lot of research on this. And so Sanjay Gupta wanted to have me on the show. We were about to discuss the opportunity and Fran heard about this and she goes, you will never go on that show. Only I can be in the limelight, not you. And it wow. was serious. Wow. And that's when I realized how fucked up this individual was. And I haven't shared this broadly with that many people, um, but it was very. And how long did she keep this undercover for? I mean, because you'd known her for about a year. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and that's when I said, "What the fuck?" And I said, "There's no fucking way I want to get married to this person." Uh, disaster, right? Um, and it really was very alarming because then it. I stayed in that journey essentially more as an investigator to really understand this. And what I r- realized was 99% of the people in that world are highly, highly not talented, highly insecure. God knows who they slept with to get anything that they have or whatever deal that they made with the devil. But because they know for every one of them, there were a thousand other people could have had that role. That's right. They're very insecure. They're not, yeah. they don't really have talent. There's very few people that actually did the training, who actually got did the acting and didn't sleep with somebody, right? They didn't compromise. Right. So all of them are compromised people. And so when I realized this, um, it was a very interesting insight, the level of insecurity, okay? The level of depravity that these people are essentially serious house slaves, okay? Yeah. Yeah. All of them were slaves. And, and, uh, you know, it went through a series of process where it was like, if a certain type of behavior takes place, I'm gone. And I just walked out and never turned back. Mm -hmm. Um, So because these people think you will also want to be a house slave, that you so want to be in that environment, that you will put up with anything. And most people are there. Because the brainwashing is, oh, I get to go to, I get to meet these people, I get to go to red carpets. The I get to go here and I get to go here. I get to, you know, there's so much quote unquote glamour associated with these people. 
right? Um, that, you know, that you want to be part of that nonsense when that's really the devil. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So I would say 90% of people would not have left those circumstances because to them, that's like making it. But I never forgot where I came from. And because of my disdain for them and really the love of truth and freedom and health, uh, I wasn't willing to be a slave. You know, just like when I went to India in 2009 and 10, um, I was appointed by the prime minister of India, one of the most prestigious positions as a 44-year-old, a position that's only reserved for 62-year-old people to become an additional secretary in the Indian government, which is like being, becoming an assistant cabinet minister. Um, so my father-in-law at the time said, wow, he goes, I can't believe you got this position. Again, they thought they'd bring in the MIT guy. I would just sit there in their beautiful bourgeois mansions with all the drivers and I wouldn't do anything, but I actually wanted to help India. I actually figured out how to unleash Indian innovation. I came up with solutions within three months and the director general who appointed me didn't really want me to do any of that. He just wanted me to be like the good MIT guy, one day become the minister of science and technology. You see, they're and always- help them, And help them become more powerful. Exactly. That's the other side of this, right? Right. I mean, and your story reminds me of Confucius. Confucius ran into this problem constantly, right? He would hang out with, you know, whatever um, lord of a particular region in China, and they would try to tap him for his knowledge base. And then he'd start telling the truth. <laughs> I was like, see you later. Right. You know, we don't need you. You know, all we need is your intellectual capacity. So and he was like a, a nail that stood out and got hammered. And even, even Lao Tse commented on it and when they when they had their face to face meeting. That That's really your journey in a lot of ways. Yeah, I think I, I didn't know that. But yeah, I guess you could compare my journey. to. But that's what it's always been. Every fucking step of the way, people try to use my brain. And when I do not kowtow their line. They go ape shit, you see? Yeah. And that's a serious problem for them. Um, and the more serious problem I think they have is that through sheer hard work, nothing from there, they haven't given me any benevolence, but through sheer hard work, my mom said, you know, interesting, you know, she said in India, you'll get discriminated nine different ways. And in the United States, maybe three, you're gonna have to just to work 10 times harder. So because of that sheer in the, you know, you could call it my sadhana, my penance. I think it's hard. And it was always done with the love of God in mind, you know, the love of service. I think you can't, I think they don't know what the fuck to do, right? right. Because in many ways, I have this very deep protection from many of the ancient teachers who have passed spiritual, uh, whatever you want to talk to God, right? So yes. Very, and I've done everything with pure sincerity um, that it's hard for them to fuck with me. And if they do fuck with me, I think the retribution upon them is going to be pretty bad because now we've built a movement, not only me, but we have, you know, half a billion people across the world have heard about our movement, right? especially in 2020. And their only uh, option right now, Robert, is to make us invisible. And they go to a great extent to make me invisible. Great extent. And the efforts that they do, or duplicity, where they actually have people steal my language, steal my rhetoric, right? And every and because we hammer away at that, they're creating some very, very unstable conditions for themselves. Yes. Uh, so I think we're in a very good time because Vivek the Snake, jackass, Brahmin bullshitter, thought he was going to get away, but we've hit him so hard. We were like, wait a minute, right? Or even Trump or even booby fucking Kennedy. 
or even Tulsi Gabbard, right? It's yeah. like 10 or t- they basically have 10 people backstage and they're trying different people on the front to see who they can use to manipulate. And we keep hammering them. Normally, if we didn't exist or the movement I've created didn't exist, they would get away. It would be smooth sailing for one of them. Right. Now we've created the conditions where it's not so smooth sailing. Yeah. And well, they, they, these people, um, they need absolutely rigorous discernment. Um, and when it's, when it's appropriate, you know, just calling out the bullshit. Uh, and yeah, I think they're, I think in my view, it's coming to a point that I think they're going to need more than that. Um, you know, I really think about Christ going into the temples and and, and whipping. Yeah. <laughs> We're getting to that I, phase. I, I really think these people, um, you know, when I was in India in 2000 and I think 12, I met one of the biggest, very interesting guy. Um he directed a lot of very interesting Indian movies. You know, mm-hmm. he was a serious, one of the few rare creative guys. Um, and we were in this overlooking Bombay. He was having his cigarette and we were talking. And, you know, I'd grown up in Bombay in these near slums and all this. And he said, you know, I recently read a book. And he said, the book was a very interesting book. And he said, there was a time in human history where the guy who had the bigger muscles, who was just strong, would rule a, a, a village, right? Or he would rule. It was just based on his physical strength, right? He was just physically bigger and stronger, and everyone had to do what he wanted. Right. right? So it was just brute force. And then he said it went through a period, and after that, it went to a period where uh, people who were intelligent took over. And they used all these people with brute force to work for them. Right. Right. So it was that people were conniving. They could manipulate people. They could manipulate words. Right. Like Vivek the snake. Right. Yep. Um, and and then he said, so the pendulum swung over here. It's like you're playing chess with someone, but they constantly cheat. OK, they don't even follow the rules. The rook is supposed to move like this. They move the rook any way they want. Right. Right. Yep. And he goes, eventually, he goes, what's going to happen is people are just going to take a gun and blow them away. Like, I can't beat you. In your work, it's going to go back the other way. Right, right. So, I mean, I think we're very close, actually. Yeah, because people are realizing these people have so much control that they don't even follow their own rules. The judges don't follow their own rules. Right. The legislators don't follow their own rules. The presidency doesn't follow its own rules. They don't even follow the Constitution. They make up whatever the fuck they want to do. So if you're a plebe, if you're a slave living in this and you're like, I follow the rules. They don't. How, how am I ever going to win in, in their intellectual world of gamesmanship? They make people invisible who should, who work their butt off like me. Right. Right. And they make. This, then they promote inferior products. Right. right. That's they, the other side of it. Exactly. Exactly. That's yeah. a good way to say it. So here you have the real product, which can heal you, give you truth, give you freedom, give you health. They have a shitty product which is going to enslave you into power, profit, and control. And they promote that. And you know this, and you see this occurring. And that's what people see with our campaign, Robert. If you go read the threads, people are like, hey, fucker Carlson, why don't you have Dr. Shivan? Why didn't you ask Trump this question? What, Like they're realizing this. So yeah. we're becoming a very powerful instrument for education because people see the 
this obvious injustice that's taking place, right? And that is going to compel people to say, what the fuck, yeah. right? I yeah. can never win in your paradigm. Right. So I'm going to follow Dr. Shiva's paradigm, which is we need a systems overhaul. We need to build a bottoms up movement. I'm going to get educated on how to shatter the swarm and I'm going to fucking come to shatter you. You know, yeah. and that's where we want to raise people's consciousness individually and collectively. And to me, that's Christ consciousness. It's God right. consciousness. When you yeah. do that, you're unfiltered. not. It's unfiltered, being, right? It's unfiltered. It's pure, unadulterated truth. Right. Yeah. It's real, unadulterated truth, not the fake truth. Trump saying, make America great again. He doesn't want to make America great again. He wants to make America as dumb as, dumb as possible. So they allow him to, him and his son-in-law to get $2 billion loans from Saudi Arabia. So they, we feel sorry for him. No one should feel so sorry for Trump. No one feels sorry, should sorry for the Kennedys. These right. people are organized crime families. Yeah. The Bidens or the Clintons, all of them. They all are. The, the Pelosi's, they're all organized crime. Families. All of them. Yeah. Yeah. All of them. Um, yeah. You know, I was going to ask you this question, but as, as we've gone deeper into our conversation, I'm like, okay, that's not even a relevant question. But I was going to ask you, did, did anybody from the Trump administration ever reach out to you? Oh, and yeah. Say, hey, look, we're, you're, you're a bright guy. We want you to be a part of the team. Well, Trump actually it. used me. Let me give you, again, going back to that thing where you said the right. Confucius example. Right. Here in 2020, let me walk you back in time. And all of this is documented. We have all the receipts. All of it is anyone can go look at. So what occurs in 2020? They steal my election. Again, absolute theft. We won the freaking Republican primary in September 1st, 2020. They ran some random fucking idiot who didn't even have one lawn sign up, Robert. We had 3,000 people. We had a massive organization. We won that Republican primary on a landslide. So what did they do? They cheat. Yeah. The Republicans and Democrats collude to make sure they flip the votes on the machines. But they couldn't do that. And But the truth always comes out. There is a God. In Franklin County which is all hand-counted paper ballots, I win there by 10 points. But every other county, I lose 60-40, 60-40, 60-40. Unfucking believable But they never expected a guy like me to run, right. a guy like me to put on my thinking cap, roll up my sleeves, go study everything about machines. And I was the first one who found out that the, the and, and, and broadcasted widely that the machines have a, a way you can weight races. You can actually multiply people's votes by factors. Okay. Wow. And then I did the Michigan analysis. And then when I when I did that analysis showing how the Michigan elections were flipped, Mark Meadows calls me after Trump, you know, the Trump election is right. over. And they say, Dr. Shiva, we want to help you. They didn't want me to help them. They just wanted to say to their, oh, yeah, we're working with Dr. Shiva. Right? They wanted to use my Sincerity and the work I've done. Rona McDaniels calls me. This is all in November. And, and they said, oh, yeah, how can we help you? I said, give me data. I can explode this whole thing. They never gave me data, Robert, ever. But Trump was using my stuff. He went from calling voter fraud to election fraud. Using my material, and we raised close to half a billion dollars. We didn't see one fucking penny of that. Cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. It went to him and his family. Right. He used 
And then he would go to huge events. I want to thank the great computer scientist, Dr. Shiva. Well, fuck your thanks. Why don't you give us some of that money so we could actually use that to solve election systems integrity? So, yeah, I mean, he, he was about three years too late to reach out to you, though, wasn't he? I mean, well, that was 2020. This was this continues. OK, in yeah. 2020, he started using our stuff. And then you have another dope, Mike Lindell, who's also started reaching out to me, would fly his, me in his private plane back and forth wherever. And then I realized he was just wanting to sell fucking pillows. He didn't want to solve election systems integrity. He had people like Jeffrey, whatever, I forget this guy's name. Uh, Jovan Pulitzer's actual name, and a, a fake guy whose actual name is Jeff, uh, Jeffrey Fulia. That's his actual name, Jeffrey Fulia. Fulia. <laughs> F-I-L-Y-A. Okay? And these guys are saying crazy shit. Oh, there's bamboos in the ballots, getting people all excited. So they hid the real issues that I had discovered. Right. So we got an email one time from Trump after he had done this call out inviting me to Mar-a-Lago. The night before he had endorsed a Republican guy in Massachusetts who was part of the GOP who stole my election. And my assistant wrote back to Trump. We said, we, we respectfully declined to come to see you. You see, how many people would do that? 99.999% of people, ooh, Trump is inviting me. I got to go. Mar-a-Lago, I get to bow down to this false god. I couldn't do that. Right. I was down in Miami couple of weeks later, and a friend of mine who, who gave Trump about 100, 200 grand begs me, oh, my God, you got to go see Trump. You're being too critical. I get, we get invited again, and we go to see Trump. And he looked like a washed out backstage actor who didn't know what the fuck is going on, a frail old man. He looked really bad in the Megyn Kelly interview. To, mm -hmm. This was worse than that, okay? This was for two hours, him trying to apologize while you endorse this guy, praising me up the wazoo. You're the most amazing guy. You know, you went to MIT. My uncle went to MIT, you know, and he all throughout, he's thinking there that I want something from him. He must ask me 30 times. What do you want? What do you want from me? I said, I want nothing from you. Nothing. And I left that meeting uh, with Michelle thinking this guy's sorry ass he's got no one sad for him mm -hmm. his daughter uses him his son-in-law uses him his children use him and he uses everyone else but he's just an actor that's all and um when i was leaving his assistant molly who's now flipping on him actually came running out they'd given me us one of these hats you know said oh we want to give you this separate gift he only gives us to heads of state. And that's how impressed he was by you. So about several weeks later, he said, what do you want? I said, you know, I do want something. I go, let's have another meeting. And this was an hour meeting. And I said, look, if we want to solve election systems, I am willing to set up an institute that will compete with Harvard, MIT. All of these people, by the way, say there is no election fraud. I said, I will get the best minds. And I, I already done a shitload of work for nothing. Right want to give one fucking penny for them. He had already made a half a billion dollars off my work. Well, that doesn't seem fair, does it? No, it's a fucking crook. Right, yeah. So these people think that they can laud me with their praises, and I'll be so moved by that. I'm sorry. 
I've been given praises since I was a four or five year old kid for my talents, but it never has moved me. I just knew that I had certain skills. I was a little bit, you know, but I never got moved by that because my grandfather taught me, great grandfather taught to be never moved by people's praises. Right. Look at their actions, look at their intentions. So I don't get moved by people say, oh my God, you're the greatest thing. You know, even, you know, this video, people say, oh my God, Dr. Shiva's saying so many great things. Well, my response to them is get off your fucking butt. You know, go to shivaforpresident.com. Get one of our bumper stickers. Put it on the back of your windshield. Show me that you really support this movement. Don't just talk about it. Peel that sticker away because that shows you're making a commitment and you're willing to say fuck you to the opposition. Go to Shiva for President. Download one of our flyers. Print it out. Serve. Educate your friends about what we've discovered. Go to truthfreedomhealth.com for you and your family. Get educated on all the systems knowledge I've put together that you can't fucking get anywhere. Yeah. And you're paying pretty, pretty, pretty comprehensive, pretty comprehensive, comprehensive body of knowledge. So, yeah. So we have created an environment right now. So everyone can become their own liberator. Everyone can become their own doctor. Everyone can become their own scientist. We've created the environment where people can think, fight and heal truth, freedom, health. So the real issues, do you really want to get off your ass off the plantation or do you want to stay on the plantation and be a dumb fuck and be used by these evil, evil people? Because if you're willing to do that, you might as well say I'm evil. Right. And in fact, you're more than evil because especially if you're hearing this and you're seeing that you have now an option to liberate yourself, that it's like Prometheus bringing fire to the world. That's what I've done. Yeah. And that's been my life journey. So I'm bringing you fire. Do you want to light up the house, you know, light up your spirit or do you want to be a fucking slave? And if you choose the latter, you're part of the evil. You okay. don't have, you can't, you don't have any freaking excuses anymore. Yeah. Great message. How do you keep from uh, becoming bitter? Oh, <laughs> bitter. I hate these guys. Yeah. There's, there's nothing to get bitter about. The, the goal is to destroy them. And, you know, it's fighting evil. And the journey, the opportunity, Robert, to get to the consciousness where you see the goal of life is to fight evil. To me, I've already won a thousand lifetimes or more. Right. And to be able to educate people, there's only one purpose to life is to fight evil, period. That's it. Yeah. And if you have a small opportunity to fight evil in one lifetime and to do it 10 times, I've had the opportunity to do it at least 100 times now. So to me, it's very exciting. It's a lot of fun. I mean, how much more um, <laughs> joy can you get? Yeah. You know what I'm saying, man? I mean, yeah. there's no bitterness here. Um, the issue is how, how much evil can you fight? Because some people, after re being repeatedly rebuffed and turned down and used and manipulated or being tried to manipulate, right, at a certain point, they would they would look around and they would say, what the fuck? Like, why am I doing no, no, that? But, but look at all the victories we have. How many uh, people, you know, half a billion people. Uh, some uh, uh, A woman I'd known about 10 years ago, she and I reconnected and she was saying, Shiva, do you know your video that you did on the vitamin D and quercetin protocol went to nearly every Indian on WhatsApp? Wow. So I don't think people have any idea how many. 
Some, uh, another woman said she went to a random event, a political event in Australia. She said, how many people know Dr. Shiva? Over 50% of the people raised their hands. So we, these people are fucked right now because we got our message out there. So that's why they're scrambling. They're scrambling. I mean, Robert Kennedy, I gave a talk about a month ago, said, you know, the Shiva for President campaign is the tip of the spear of the movement, and it's about you. He literally copied those words and does a video. Doesn't surprise me. Yeah. So the, yeah. So, so you see them scrambling because everyday people have a brain, but they have been purposely. I mean, think about what they're doing to the 8 billion people. They purposely feed the McDonald's hamburgers all day when here's real ambrosia, real right. food. Yeah. And those people, when they see the real food, they get it. So when they yeah. saw the real stuff, that's what they're afraid of. The reason they won't put me on any debate stage, it's like Deepak Chopra. When he put me on that stage, I won everyone over. Right. And then after they say, fuck, we can never put this guy on the stage. We're going right. to lose all of our viewers. Right. Tucker right. Carlson knows that if he put me on his show, he would be over. Joe Rogan knows because human beings, everyday people who work hard, are connected to God. They see truth, but they have put this veil of shit in front of them. It's like I give you an example. Um, you, you know the Rijksmuseum in Amsterdam or the uh, the Van Gogh Museum? Yeah. I mean, yeah. go to the, I mean, these are the Dutch masters. I mean, these guys could freaking paint. All right. If you've never been to the Van Gogh Museum or you've never been to the Rijksmuseum and you just saw art from, I don't know, some trust fund kid who prints impressionist art, or you went to hotel rooms, or you would see that painting. So oh, that's pretty good. But then when you see the works of Rembrandt, your eyes see something so gorgeous that when you see this, you realize how garbage it is. Right. And that is yeah. the effect people have when they hear me talk, Robert. They say, this guy is unadulterated. He's a real deal. And they get angry. What the fuck, Joe Rogan? You actually hid him from us. And because they know if I put him on that show, I'm going to expose Rogan and all of them. Yeah. So that's why they're in a dangerous situation right now. What about Jimmy Dore? Has he ever reached out to you? He's a douchebag. Yeah. He's a... He's, he's, the typical white liberal, you say, who's maneuvering. He was promoting masks and mandates, okay? He was. He got, and he got zapped. He got a zap. And he got vaccinated, okay? Yeah. Now, here's what's more interesting. When I expose Kennedy, he comes on my feed and calls me pathetic. Jimmy did? Yes. Oh, man. That, is a, that is a douche move. He's a fucking douchebag. He's your white liberal. And what's even more interesting is... All the white liberal males, it's a very interesting pattern, are the ones afraid to put me on their shows. Because I'm the real deal. I'll expose their white liberalism. Right. Tucker Carlson is fundamentally a white liberal. Joe Rogan is fundamentally a white liberal. Right? Yeah. Go down the list. The white liberal males are either jealous or so afraid of me. Jimmy Dore is a fucking scumbag. Oh, the military industrial. Well, you weren't there supporting our lawsuit in 2020. All right. And furthermore, we don't need him. Right. He, you see, they had Bernie Sanders as a classic white liberal. But he's had, to move, he's had to become the establishment. So they need their next set of white liberal people. Tulsi right. Gabbard, another psych. I mean, she heads up the psychological operations unit in the army. People should go work up. 
She's a lieutenant colonel of a PSYOP division. There's something really off about her. It's almost like when you hear her talk, there's something off. It's like there is something really off about Tulsi. Yes, very off. And I'll tell you what's off. She is the military industrial academic complex. Yeah. Yeah. There's just like this big cognitive dissonance I experienced with her. And and uh she does not speak. I've met her, she does not. There's something non-human about her. I I kind of pick up on that, right? It's like, it's just really weird. She's an inhuman robot acting like she's a compassionate human being. That's, that's, that's how, that's how. Just like, just like Vivek the snake is a fucking douchebag piece of shit car salesman acting like he's some fighter. It's like, shut the fuck up. (laughs) I would love to see you two in the same room. That would would, be Challenge him to go to the boxing ring with me. He doesn't even deserve a debate. Yeah, that would be good stuff. All right, I know you're busy, and we're scheduled for an hour, but I need to I need to ask you about um, this new supplement, the V25. What is that all about? Yeah, so I mean, look, my whole life, you know, as we title this thing, has really been about solving big problems. Okay, yeah. so you know, I solved the election systems integrity issue. We solved the issue of the immune system, right? Um, when secretaries were trying to uh, go from the typewriter to the keyboard, right? That was email. Right. That's what email was created. Um, in t- 2003, when the Human Genome Project ended, the realization was that if we're going to really create medicines that really work, we need to mathematically, computation, be able to model the human body at the molecular level. Makes sense. And that's what I created for my PhD work. I solved a revolutionary problem, just like email. I solved a problem to really mathematically model at the cellular level, all the molecular interactions for any disease. And using that framework for the last 16 years, we've gone after every major disease. And using that framework now, we can use it to understand nature's compounds, not synthetic compounds. Pharmaceutical companies can only handle one compound. But what about alchemy? What about mixing natural compounds to find what works? Now, people do this in a haphazard way, right? But if you ask them, how did you do it? Like Chinese medicine, Indian medicine, they can't explain it. So you don't get the credibility. So I created another solution, which allows us to do that, revolutionize medicine. And I've also created a solution called Systems Health, as I talked about, which allows anyone to become their own doctor. I can teach people in less than an hour how to be their own doctors, the systems principles. So those two frameworks, after we'd helped many, many other people about three years ago, we said, let's use our own technology. Let's eat our own dog food. So one of the big areas, uh, almost a $20 billion industry in the world is called osteoarthritis. Um, About half a billion people suffer from joint health. Right. right. As you age. So we looked at all these compounds in nature and we mathematically modeled the hundreds of thousands of molecular pathways of osteoarthritis from all the known research. We put all the pieces together like the Lego blocks mm-hmm. and using our engine. We discovered a very powerful combination of two ingredients um, that have profound effects when you put them together at the right dosages for really attenuating five molecular pathways of pain and inflammation in the oxidative stress, in the 
uh, you know, pain pathways, et cetera. Right. And we computed all that without, if, if any other way, you would have had to kill millions of animals. We did it without killing animals. And then we said, why don't we manufacture it ourselves? We manufactured it. Literally within months, we sold about 10,000 units. And now uh, we're on back order. We're just getting our new supply in. But this framework now allows me in many ways to honor what my grandmother did in that small village in India, where she would use the ancient systems of Indian medicine to figure out what was right for you. Right. So that's what we figured out. And NV25, people can go to nv25.life and they can get it. I never wanted to be in the supplement business, but I realized that the big vitamin industry is as bad as big pharma. Yeah. These guys are putting crap together. They don't know why it works, if it works. Um, you know, nearly 60% of people don't even know what foods to eat in the midst of all these videos on eat this, don't eat this. So this gives us a scientific framework to figure out for you what will work for you versus me. You say, but yeah. more importantly, this is a learn, teach, and serve model. We don't want people begging to me for knowledge. We have a tool called Your Body, Your System that allows you to understand these systems principles so you can understand if I eat a blueberry today, how will it affect my body versus if I drink coffee today versus so you get to, or if I do this exercise, if I do low repetition exercises versus aerobic activity, how would that affect my body? Um, and if you can go to, if you go to, yeah. And this is another solution we did, right? Uh, the science of masks and oral health. During the mask mandate, I literally mapped out all the molecular pathways of periodontal disease. We discovered what masks do to your body. And we, dis and we taught people how to fight the mask mandates, integrating science and legalism. Right. So right. if you look at my journey, creating email, which is solving a problem of the inner office mail system, right? right? You know, creating echo mail, which is a problem of solving the problem email created. Right. Learning how to fight the caste system, exposing Fauci, right? My life has been a journey. It's becoming really a master of solving problems. And now I want to teach other people how to solve problems, right? That's yep. why. Um, so how do you do that? Well, you have to understand system science. So right. everyone listening, Robert, you included another should go to truthfreedomhealth.com. You pay pennies. You get access to this knowledge. You're never going to be able to get elsewhere. And by the way, when you contribute, you're also contributing to your future. Meaning once you pass the course and you go through it and you join the community, about a half a million people globally, you then can have the rights to teach the course. Great. And to serve. And then you get to give this away to any child between the age of 13 through 18 at no cost. So you take the co course for a hundred bucks, you can give it away to a thousand kids. So nice. you get to basically be a philanthropist. So you can't lose at this and you become a leader in your own community. Well, this is great stuff. This is what we need. We don't need people that keep us on the dole or keep us um, hang, hanging around for their scraps and promising they're going to do this or that for us. What we need are real models of empowerment and moving out of this centralized system into a way more decentralized and sovereign system. I think this is a really great introduction of that. So thanks for all the hard work you put in. Yeah, without the knowledge of system science, I know John's going to play a video after we sign off. He's going to play this video, which educates people on what is truth, freedom, and health. What are we doing? And our goal is for people to be hands and mind, you know, 
the mind learned the science. The hands get on the ground, get on the ground, talk to your neighbors, educate people. And we've created the tools for that. We've created everything. It's like it's like uh, Santa Claus. <laughs> we're coming on Christmas Day and we're giving you all these tools to achieve your own liberation, to achieve, you know, you, you can become your own scientist. You can heal yourself. And yeah. it's taken me 50 years of putting together. By the way, the elites know the knowledge of system science. They want to keep it to themselves. Of course they do. Right? Yeah. They, of course they know it. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing I think that's missing on your website are whips. You should be selling whips. So you can take them to the sample. John, yeah, right? John's a John's a devout Christian and he wants to start doing that. We will. Yeah, you can have your own, own line of whips. I think it'd be really successful. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, thanks for being here. Really appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks, Robert. Be well. John, if you could wrap up playing the to everyone listening, um, the couple of websites people should go to Robert or Shiva, numeral four president.com. You can donate, you can volunteer. But more importantly, by the way, when people donate, notice I haven't begged for money here at all. When people donate, we actually give you stuff. It's not really a donation. We right. give you books. We give you courses. We nice. want you to become the light. So you can go to shiva4president.com. Get the freaking bumper sticker. Be a man. Be a woman. Put it boldly on the back of your car. I'm going to get a bumper sticker, damn yeah, it. Right on the back because it's, it's saying a big fuck you to them, okay? The other I'm going to represent in Texas. I'm going to get your Great. bumper sticker. Hey, hey, Robert, get him up because we have a lot of, we have a guy called Kevin Smith in Texas. Get mm -hmm. him up because we need to, by the way, we need to get on the ballot in every state. That right. itself is a huge razor blade swash to, to the establishment. Every every ballot we get, every state we get on the ballot. So please uh, help us out. And I'll have that. Yeah. 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 And hey, if you ever get tired of the Boston Brahmins, just come on down here to Texas. You'll do well. All right. All right. Let me do that. Thanks Thank again, you. Dr. Shiva. Take uh, care. Be well. Thank you. Thank you, John. Be well. Recording stopped. We have allowed right. our country care, man. to be taken be well. over from within. from within. And the end goal is you will have a homogenized world where we will become slaves. Because there is a condition because among the elites that really thinks they're better than you. Deep down inside them. Deep down that you don't deserve them. the freedoms you, you have. The freedoms you have. They don't. This reality is what people need to wake up to. And we need to all unite working people. There's only one movement that can do that. And that is the movement that we started creating here in Massachusetts, the movement for truth, freedom, and health. Look, I've been a student of politics since I was a four-year-old kid, studying revolutionary movements, left wing, right wing. There's a physics, there's a nuclear science to destroying the establishment. To build a bridge, you need to understand Newton's equation. You need to understand the laws of gravity. You need to understand Poisson's ratio. There is a way to build a revolution. And that's why I put this together. My goal is to train a army of truth, freedom, and health leaders. We don't need followers like social media. We need leaders, but they need training because the educational system does not teach them history, nothing. So in three hours, that's what I've started doing. That's the solution. Wow. We got to train people first with understanding what a system is, the dynamics of all systems that affect nature. The second is understanding the interconnection between truth, freedom, and health. Freedom is the ability to move freely, communicate freely, talk freely. Without freedom, you cannot convert ideas hypothesis into truth which is science and without freedom you can't really get to truth and without truth you make up fake problems and fake solutions which means you destroy our health and without health which is the infrastructure of us and our body you can't fight for freedom truth freedom health third concept is it has to be bottoms up working people people who work uniting and what the right wing has done is whenever you say working people unite that must be communist Meanwhile, they've let the Democrats run unions, which suppress workers, completely corrupt. 
But when you look at the arc of American history, it's been when working people came up. We need to go local. Every solution I'm coming up with as a part of this movement, we're giving the science, which is the truth, and then we tell people what they can do on the ground. Like with election fraud, you don't need to wait for some lawyer. Our goal is to train people to go local, to go local, to go local, fight locally. Forget lawyers, forget politicians, forget celebrities. You've got to learn politics, and there is a science to it. They lock us down, we should be ready to shut them down. And the fourth part of this principle is the not-so-obvious establishment. So when you look at a system, there's always something that disturbs you from getting to your goal. Well, the biggest disturbance is the not-so-obvious establishment, which are those people who claim they're for you, on the left and the right, the Al Sharptons who tell black people I'm for you, the Tucker Carlsons. Do you think any true anti-establishment person will ever be on Fox or CNN? I don't think so. They both mislead working people back into the establishment. Without this solid understanding of political physics and theory, you're screwed. You're going to follow on the left wing, Bernie Sanders, oh, he said something, or Robert Kennedy, scumbags. Or you're going to follow some right wing talk show host. They're not going to lead us to liberation. It's us. We're building a bottoms up movement. And that political physics, it's a nuclear science of change. Bottoms up. We have to organize to understand that there is people who talk a good game and then look at what they actually do, left and right. I'm sorry, Sean Hannity may say some good things, but I don't see the urgency in his voice to get something done. And it can only come when you weaponize yourself with the right knowledge. You need to be able to identify a rat. You know, Christ didn't go after the Romans, right? It was the Pharisees and the Sadducees who screwed him up. His own, quote unquote, people. And that's where we're at. So these four concepts I've built into a curriculum where people can go to truthfreedomhelp.com and it's an educational program. We need to train people in political theory. You need to have physics. And I've created that curriculum. People need to get educated. We need to get educated fast. And within a half an hour, an hour, I can teach people two years of MIT control systems. I teach people those concepts. Then I apply it. Anyone can understand it. And then you say, oh, I got to build a bottoms up movement. They have to get politically astute and then they have to go locally and act, not sit there on social media. They have to act locally, defy locally, do civil obedience locally, but with knowledge on how to build a movement. And the Senate campaigns expanded to the movement for truth, freedom and health, and they can find it on truthfreedomhealth.com. So people can sign in, they can get access to a bunch of videos. If they want to take a course and become a truth, freedom, health leader, I offer a full scholarship there. But we want people to make a commitment that they'll study, that they'll get certified, that they'll go do activities on the ground. So go to truthfreedomhealth.com.